You're listening to Oh Hey Life, the podcast designed to elevate your thinking, question the status quo, and motivate you to start living the life you actually freaking want. Oh hey, welcome to another episode of Oh Hey Life. Today is Friday the 20th of March if you're listening to this episode on the day that it's released and today I'm talking about the aspect of minimalism that's driven by time. Last week we really questioned the status quo, (laughs) questioned the, the bullshit that we've been fed over the last few decades when I spoke about physical minimalism, you know, not the art movement or the architectural aesthetic, simply owning fewer possessions and creating physical space. I spoke about it being a lifestyle that I'm a huge advocate for and get a lot of questions about because I am, you know, a stereotypically quote unquote successful or or well-off person and we've been conditioned to accumulate if we have the means to do so. Now that has certain benefits around creating more time, but there is such thing as implementing time minimalism. So that's what we're going to dive into today. The way that physical minimalism impacts time is that you're not spending so much time looking after so many possessions or or the big space that's required to to uh, cater for or accommodate all of your possessions or, or cleaning that huge space. You're not spending so much time shopping for the crap that you don't need. But then there's also this time minimalism and, and it's, you know, it's what we, what we schedule with the time that we have. It's what we choose to care about. It's what we choose to allow into our mental space. And the reason I've left sharing my story around minimalism to this episode is because it's a culmination of of the two types of minimalism that that my lifestyle is comprised of. And and it was drawn from the realizations I had of the benefits of, of both physical and time minimalism. I unknowingly adopted more of a minimalist mentality at the beginning of 2017. I'd spent 12 months fairly unwell after a medical treatment injury I had in January 2016 and for you know for whatever reason I don't know that it was sort of intentional or whether it was from just having had a lot of time alone to reflect on who I was and what my my core values were but in any case it caused me to question the way that that I was living and so it was in early 2017, I think it was actually late January, it wasn't the the very beginning of the year, but I decided to have a year of buying nothing. Nothing being nothing outside what was necessary for me to live. So obviously I still, you know, brought food. Uh, I'm trying to think of of other examples of necessities that, that aren't food, but you know, I didn't buy any new clothes. I didn't buy random, you know, things for the house. And it wasn't long into that period that it just became normal. And the reality of how ridiculous it is that 
we as people buy so much shit you know really set in and it's it's extremely liberating it's it's very very liberating one thing i did buy <laughs> i've actually got a list somewhere I'll, I'll have to see if i can try and find it and and write about it but i did keep a list of the odd little thing that i did buy i think i might have bought a sleeping mask or something because my old one wore out um a few little things like that i did also buy my car and <laughs> yeah it's a huge uh you know huge derailing from the the buy nothing but that was sort of you know one one quite significant milestone purchase that i'd been working towards for a while but it it really was very very liberating and i i'm still somewhat like that to this day three years later i don't i've never been good at spending money on myself full stop it's just i, w I wasn't brought up to uh you know to be to be frivolous and and buy stuff for the sake of buying it but you know, I, I very really buy things for myself. And, and when I do now, it is a real treat. And, and that is different to the way that a lot of people view spending on themselves. When, when you make it a treat, it, God, it feels good, you know? It's, it brings back some meaning to when you do decide to do that. It was during that time, and I, I can remember the morning that I woke up and I looked around me and realized or, or thought rather what the fuck am i doing here so i was living in a, a huge house and it was you know the typical hallmarks of success you, you move on to the bigger house you, you get the fancy car and all that jazz and i mean my my house had like uh four bedrooms a, a home office it had you know a formal lounge and an informal lounge it had a, it had a freaking home gym uh like a, a dining room more toilets than people like parts of the house I could literally go weeks without going into and so yeah during that no spend year I, I just woke up one day and I looked out my my bedroom window and I just thought to myself like how much more would I have in life by not living in this huge space it was a massive time suck because I mean, vacuuming that bad boy, that was, that was no fun. You know, cleaning the swimming pool, water blasting the patio, trimming the hedge, all, all, the, all the DIY type, type things that, that come with having a large property as well. And in addition to that, my environmental impact seemed to start entering my conscience more and more frequently. And so it was also around the same time that I decided to become vegetarian and then eventually vegan for that, that reason. I'd started composting, you know, second guessing the need to to buy or to purchase something in, in plastic and, you know, making making more things from scratch myself rather than buying consumer products. So again, as I mentioned last week, it was it was really sort of about unbecoming everything that isn't really me. You know, I'd, I'd always cared about the environment when I was young, um, and I'd been I'd been brought up by you know, a mother who, you know, she, she grew up in a state house. So it, it was more about unbecoming everything that had been piled on, on top of me as a result of living in, in our modern consumerist world. And, you know, by certain people that I'd spent large amounts of time with who were a little bit more superficial and, and possession driven rather than, uh, you know, looking at, at, at what, experiences and and what you could get from having more time and, and reducing the number of possessions that you have so it really enabled me to 
to become who I was meant to be in the first place by embarking on that journey. I spoke about eliminating the unnecessary in terms of tasks that take up time in the episode about time management. So I'll link that in the show notes. And and this actually ties in really nicely with the concept of time minimalism. I've already spoken about how physical minimalism can can free up time itself, but but what are the real benefits of time minimalism and how can you become more of a minimalist in that way? One of the you know sexiest benefits of time minimalism is that you get the luxury of being able to prioritize the things that you both want and need to do. And I mean, if that's not sexy, I don't know what is. Like if you, you have more time, it's a luxury of having you know, choice about what to, to fill your time with, whether it's things that you need to do or that you just want to do. The second benefit is more mental clarity. I mean, we've got enough shit to worry about without piling in additional mental obligations. And yes, by eliminating unnecessary tasks, you're freeing up time, but you're also freeing up mental capacity. You know, a lot of people struggle with uh, losing, you know, losing motivation and losing drive and it's not so much that you lose those things I've spoken about this before you just lose focus and clarity of what it is that you truly want so by doing less you can free up some mental space to get to really get clear on what you want in life and and regain the motivation and the energy to move forward so those are those two key benefits of time minimalism so What can we do to become more of a time minimalist and reap those benefits? I'm going to talk about three actions, three three tangible ways. Number one, be picky with who you invest your time in. Wasted time, in my opinion, wasted time is is worse than wasted money. Money is... (laughs) <laughs> more more of an infinite resource than than what time is right time is finite we've only got we don't know how much time we've got on this planet all we know is that it's limited so you've got to learn to say no to people and at first if if you're used to being the yes man you'll feel like a dick like you'll feel really really rude and especially when you have to say no to people that are accustomed to you saying yes but you must learn there are ways that you can learn to qualitatively decide when it's better and maybe when it's not so good to say no. I'm going to jump to that in a minute. But firstly, I want to talk about the the second way to be more of a time minimalist. And this is probably my my favorite one because it's, I would say, the, the least spoken about and, and the, the least uh, popularized, let's say. And that's to be an active consumer, not a passive consumer. Now, remember, I'm not talking about 
physical consumption here, and I'm not talking about consuming more when I say be an active consumer, I'm talking about what information you consume. What information do you consume? Back in that time management episode, I spoke about the fact that I don't have a TV and I don't even know why that that shocks people, honestly. Um, (laughs) You see the absolute drivel that is on TV. Sometimes friends tell me about it. I'm just like, I'm not missing out at all. But when it comes to information that you consume, I mean, TV is one of them, but also, you know, it's what, what you read, what you listen to. You know, what are you listening to on the radio when you're in the car? And what are you reading on the computer? I I don't read or watch the news, for example, because it it doesn't actually serve me to learn about, you know, the, the latest murder or the latest car accident or, you know, some trivial, slightly entertaining story. So I just read the news that that's relevant to my profession. So I regularly read about what's happening in the money markets and the economy. I read about taxation and and business issues and politics and, and things that affect my, my clients and, and my business. There is a healthy dose of memes, but <laughs> we all have to have our, have our own little bits of entertainment. But my point is, you know, there's, there's uh, what's an example of a really crappy TV show? The Kardashians, I don't know, is that, is that even still on? But like, if, if you're watching that and you don't have enough time, again, this ties back into the time management episode, but don't passively sit in front of this drivel that's fed to us just because it's there. Be an active consumer and start thinking about what the hell you're reading and watching. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not hard, well, maybe it is hard because not a lot of people do it, but you know, it's, it's not hard. Set some standards for yourself and what you're allowing into your brain. That's the classic Lani getting wound up over something. (laughs) Um, Let's calm down for a minute, Lans. Okay, the third one, and this ties into learning to say no, but, you know, you're scheduling. Uh, You know, be picky with who you invest your time in, but question the benefit or the benefits to you of attending a certain event. We all get asked to go somewhere or, you know, it could be as simple as have a a coffee with someone, but if the benefits to you outweigh the benefit of having time for something else, whether it be something you want to do or need to do or or downtime that you need or want to have, then, then by all means go. But then if, If not, if the benefits of going don't outweigh those things, you must ask yourself another question. And this is for the sake of being a decent human being and not becoming a selfish person. So you must also ask yourself, it's like a flow chart, you ask yourself the first question and then ask yourself this, whether it is meaningful or important to someone or some people who are meaningful or important to you that you go and do this thing. If it's still not, then by all means, you can fairly confidently say no. But remember to ask yourself that too. Remember, learning to say no is important, but you don't want to become a selfish dickhead 
and and ruin your and ruin your relationships whether they're business or personal relationships so just a, you know a little process to follow with that but again getting back to that main point question the benefit of go, of going and and attending these events you don't want to end up spending time with people that you just really don't need to spend time with they might be sort of you know lowering the tone so to speak they they may not be people that are, are stretching you and 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 engaging you and, and challenging you so you've got to look at the time cost of of going to these sort of pointless occasions again whether they're they're business events or social events have the spine to say no when it makes sense to say no the time that i have personally gained by choosing to live a lifestyle that is more minimal than what we are led <laughs> to believe that we need in in the year 2020 it, it's just it's huge you know i'm not spending time consuming shitty information that just that just destroys my brain cells i'm not going and doing things that i don't want to do i'm not looking after a ginormous property just because it's the hallmarks of of career success you know i'm spending time with my family i'm running and setting up businesses i'm mentoring people i'm 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 still studying i uh i still have plenty of time to go out and party and go to petrol head events and um I mean, honestly, I'm looking up at my whiteboard as I'm recording this and, and, you know, there's a lot that I now have the time to do as a result. So it's quite easy to see why, why I'm such an advocate for this lifestyle. And this doesn't just go for being a little bit more minimal about where you spend your time in order to create all that mental capacity and, and give you the luxury of being able to prioritize the things that you want and need to do. It's, you know, the, the physical side as well that I spoke about last week. So take take what you will away from these episodes. They're, they're fairly personal because I needed to give some context around the experience that, that I've got in, in leading this lifestyle. And, and it really is against <laughs> it's so against the grain of of what we're led is is required and you know people are still surprised when they see where i live because it is smaller than what you would expect for someone who has experienced a certain level of, of success but i'm so proud to to to, ha to even have the i suppose the courage to live in a way which is against you know against again what we are led to believe is necessary as you progress through life and, and progress up the career ladder and so forth so I hope you've learned something about the you know the, the real benefits that you can reap and even if you just make a few changes in your life I think you'll see them too if you've enjoyed this episode on minimalism, please share it with your friends and also let me know your thoughts. I'd love to know what changes you've made in the past and what benefits you've noticed from leading a more minimal life. Or if you decide to, to do a few things and make a few changes, let me know. I'm going to leave it there for today. I am Lani Fogelberg. I hope you have a spectacular day. Tune in next time.